captured Master Callista, we have been betrayed. The War Master has turned for the life of the Emperor. No, it cannot be. Why would Horus do this? He has fallen to darkness. He must flee the system. Take these four remembrances to terror and carry word of this heresy. The navigators tell me the warp is in turmoil. We will be ripped apart. We cannot do this. You must have faith in your ship, my old friend. Your service will be remembered. We will carry word and ensure the galaxy knows the War Master's treachery. And when we can, we will send the Legion to reclaim your sarcophagus. Only in death the duty ends. Then everybody, welcome to one of the festive Edge of Empire specials. This evening we are joined by no less than the numinous Henry Steele of Cult of Paint fame, one of the not-so-shadowy figures behind probably the most famous tutorial group in the hobby at the moment. Good evening, Henry. Hi, guys. Thanks very much. That was a nice intro. Thank well, you. We, we, we try to make people feel welcome. Yeah, I won't put nearly as much effort now as to when I... Uh, introduce my regular co-hosts from the French border. We have the uh, <laughs> the, the goldsmith, silversmith extraordinaire. It is Mills the Younger. Hello, good evening. And from somewhere just south of the wall, we have the straightest man in heresy, and that isn't a gender question. It is the inestimable Michael Bottrell. Hello. So, um, that's a pretty nice intro. So, I thought it was going to be much more abusive. I hire you as like a hype man, Rob, when I go to events. Just like get you to introduce me whenever I (laughs) come. It's become slightly competitive the way that we introduce everybody now. So, you want to be thankful though, Chris. You're the only one who's got one in a foreign language yet, but I think your brother lost the audio recording. Yeah, no, that's unsurprising. I did a a Spanish one for you. Um, So, but anyway, we have gathered around the microphones this evening in true, no such thing as a fish style E to discuss something that Michael started me off on the other week when we were talking to Miles, for those oh, of you who... That. That's all right. You gave me something to talk about and gave me an excuse to quietly fangirl in the background, an excuse to talk to somebody whose work I've stalked for quite a while. Hi, Henry. <laughs> um, so we had Miles on, on what's come out to be a Dreadclaw, talking about his um, advent calendar. But you came out with a topic michael or a, a statement that had me sort of gnashing on the microphone it said i don't do that technique your technique is much too good for me as if as if as if you've got i'm not at that level which but but if you don't try to be you never will so that made me think we've some kind of imposter syndrome that like i can't do that i'm not good enough to do that technique or i'm not good enough to do that so i thought so well let's like have, reverse imposter syndrome is that what it, i don't think I'm not a psychologist, um, but I thought we could use that as an excuse to talk to somebody who teaches people, which is where Henry comes in. So what I wanted to to ask Henry about is what his experiences of that has been part of part of such a well-known sort of tuition team between you and Mr. Wardle. Mm. 
Do you get people saying, I'm not coming on your course because I'm not good enough? <laughs> um, yes, I think I think so. I think it's a really a very interesting topic and I'm, I'm quite looking forward to unpacking it um, over the next short while with you guys because uh, I always find painting can be quite tricky as a subject on podcasts um, mm-hmm. to listen to and to, to, to talk about simply by the fact of it's a very visual medium, unsurprisingly. Yeah. Visual medium I don't know, means maybe audio ASMR in listening to listening to an airbrush or a paintbrush or something. I'm not sure, but that's a, that's another thing. Um, yeah, I think it's a really interesting thing to talk about. So I suppose we're saying there that idea of people going, oh, you know, I, I'm I'm not good enough to come on the class. I I mean, not so much in those words, but I think there's sometimes a some trepidation from people that. They perhaps feel they're going to go on this class and they're not going to know enough of the essentials or the basics mm-hmm. or the fundamentals or whatever it is you want to call it to get the most out of the class. Yeah. Now, this is assuming this person wants to improve their painting. And I yeah. think that was a, a sort of a, made a few notes, but that was something that I think we can't overlook either. You've There's a lot of pressure on people to paint their models. Mm-hmm. and i think particularly in 30k i mean this is a 30k podcast so, so you know i think we can we can talk about it in that respect is yeah there i think there is an element of elitism when it comes to painting in the heresy community mm-hmm. and i think that's probably putting it politely um i actually think what there generally is is quite a lot of disrespect and, and bullying <laughs> <laughs> to some degree <laughs> no, controversial. I, I think you're, you're probably on the money there yeah yeah no i wouldn't disagree on that and you know it's not my podcast right so i can i can be uh, <laughs> you don't have to deal with the facebook comments it's fine you can say what you want and disappear <laughs> um but yeah that, to, to take it to the other extreme i think that's that's where we're at with it and and the reason i i think that's important is because this this is a hobby your, your hobby is meant to be something that you do to relax and to unwind and one of the unique things i think about our hobby um the heresy we'll just call it the heresy is there are there are many facets to it which you can go really really deep into i mean for many years my i I was an avid heresy enthusiast whatever you want to call it it's what got me back into the hobby as it were but for many years my only involvement was reading the novels and listening to podcasts and things like that. I don't even think there was heresy podcasts back then. I was just, just reading the novels, you know, and and and, and looking on the, the nascent Facebook groups and things that were starting around that time. What a Not time it must have been before yeah. heresy podcasts, before we, <laughs> yeah, yeah, before the explosion well, of, of... I uh, don't know. It, by the end of 2020, I'm not sure. I think we might be back to that. Um, back to that <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, you know, so you could, you could be into it because of you were really into the gaming, you could be into it because of your conversions, kit bashing, whatever. Uh, it could be the painting, could be the background, whatever you wanted. There were lot, lots of ways in. And, you know, I, I've always really admired those sort of Renaissance hobbyists, you know, that are, enjoy all of it and are capable of, of, of all of it. And I think that's something I aspire to, certainly. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's terribly good to voice that on everybody. Um, it, and it's, it's, uh, 
it's it's a real i like i said i think it's a really interesting topic rob and i'm really yeah. glad you sort of got in touch to, to talk about it and i sort of got myself wondering why why have we found ourselves in that situation why why are we here with this and i feel like social media has a a, a huge role within this this um pressure to paint or oh, the, yeah. the way the way painting is seen within our niche hobby yeah, yeah. um and i think it really and, and particularly i suppose instagram because that seems to be the least um has the has seems to have the least engagement with regards to things it's sort of a fire and forget you know yeah. you've either got it where people are just enjoying documenting their process or they're literally just craving someone hitting a like button it's that tiny little endorphine hit or whatever it is of, of someone like some random person liking what you've done yeah and guilty as child. you know it's you could look at what well, but 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 then you could flip down and say well that's there's nothing wrong with that right it's nice to nice to share and then you've got things like twitter and facebook where you have a touch more in, engagement with with people and, and interaction with people um you know and and you can see it you you know what type of person is is which because very often the, the first type we talk about will post in a multitude of groups it will often just be a share they've got no real desire for anybody to engage with them they simply want praise and that's that mm -hmm. then you've got the second type of person who will often introduce what they're doing they'll talk about what what, what they're doing, and then they'll they'll either invite criticism about it because that's what they want or they just want to chat about the hobby and i think that's another thing that you know some people out there want the criticism they want to yeah. improve via that criticism other people just don't they just want to share what they're having fun and build that community right yeah, it's always the thing about having that sort of extra set of eyes isn't it because you know you can see a model that you've done yourself and you can think yeah that looks that looks pretty spot on as far as i'm concerned and then you put it up there and having sort of all those extra people go actually if you just tweak this slightly you know in a constructive way you know then mm. It, it will it, it is it, it can be like that you know more often than not luckily in a lot of the sort of the, sort of the legion groups it's a lot more sort of cooperative in um, yeah in that regard and i, I think find. that's that's where we are at isn't it with a lot of them now is you have sort of specific groups for criticism of of an, an improvement of, of painting and then as you said you have other groups which are much more just about let's get massively hype about alpha legion or whatever you know, yeah. and, and you just share, 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 share. But it, it did get me to thinking sort of why we've we've got to that point. And I suppose for me, it's because that is if you are a painter predominantly. So, Rob, you said you consider yourself much more of a, a painter and a hobbyist, uh, a painter and a, a modeler as opposed to a gamer. Right. Yes, that, that's, that's what I meant to focus. That's what I spend most yeah. of the time doing. So. Right. And for and I, I would agree with you. You know, I, I really enjoy gaming um we had a little chat before the show which was just saying i'm really missing it this year uh, as i'm sure loads of people are um but i would agree I'm, i put far more time into painting and and thinking about painting and and all that sort of thing than i do than i do in my gaming but for for those people i think are, are like-minded like us instagram these painting groups on facebook twitter whatever it is they are in a way our forums they're, they're our equivalent of those list writing and tactical forums, mm -hmm. you know, Definitely. and it cuts both ways because I go into one of those. So I'll, I'll think about a list 
that I, or, or an idea for an army that I want to run. And you'll go in into one of those groups and you'll ask for advice about, you know, this is how I want to do things. You know, this is what it, and you tend to just be be met with this unit's fantastic. Take loads of it. This unit's yeah. useless. Like, what's the point? And and that's always turned me off massively. You know, it's, it's, you, 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 it's all about finding communicating what it is you want from it and then finding those people that are that are going to give you advice that have actually listened to you, that aren't just parroting something that there's you know that echo chamber that we get going on when when we talk about things in this hobby and i think you're getting exactly the same sorts of things occurring now with painting mm-hmm. um, and that's going to lead on to some of the questions that, that you were asking before um to do with techniques to do with um equipment all those sorts of things um you know a classic is oh it's really hard to paint yellow it's no harder and no easier to paint yellow than any other color but no. we've all grown up thinking and hearing how hard yellow is now yeah painting yellow straight over black with a brush is difficult but we don't have to do that no. anymore <laughs> you know we're not we're not living in a world where the only yellow is bad moons yellow or whatever yeah you know and we're having to paint our tanks with a, a size two citadel army paint and brush or whatever you know i mean i, I remember so, talking to a guy about yellow a couple of years ago i can't uh, i've met him a couple of times and his name has now escaped me but for him to do his yellow, it was like 14 different stages. <laughs> was, and, I was, and I said, oh, you know, I really like it. Can you jot it down for me? And it sort of, out came an A4 pen, A4 bit of paper and a pen. And it was just like, oh, my God. Wow. That's, yeah. I mean, that is, I, I mean, yeah. to get to the point where the hours that must have gone in to, to getting that sort of technique yeah. and that, that planning for it was just incredible. I would I, I would have comedically tried to break him with three words, and I would just held up my favourite little pot and gone Tamia Dectan. Start delicious. here. I mean, it's a delicious colour. He's <laughs> a delicious colour. Yeah. Yeah. Really he's really good. good. One, of, one of the many shades of biscuit that Tamia do. Yes, um, <laughs> very good. It's more, more um, of a nice. It's not quite as dark <laughs> as a digestive, but it's but, more like a nice orange yeah. tea. But, but like you say, it's it's not like you have to. You know, you can go that route where you sort of spend the time and you finesse it and you finesse it. Mm. Um, you know, I did. I was doing yellow and I was just doing it with different washes and building it that way. Mm. There, the, you know, like you say, you don't just have to do chaos black or whatever it is, I and in yellow, or whatever. You know, yeah, exactly. That can be one just way of doing it. That but... interest. Um, that chap, the, the the did he was this fourteen stage ordeal to get to yellow because he really enjoyed that process and he really liked the end result he's a, he's a hardcore imperial fist player he's so, to uh... be able to tell people it took him 14 <laughs> steps no i, I think you find uh, i i think he i i know he's a, a sort of a hardcore imperial fist player so i think it was probably more about making sure that the, that the the color was what he wanted to represent the legion with rather than I want yeah. to show off, and uh, having met him a couple of times, I would be very surprised if it was the latter. Uh, <laughs> but I do find that that latter thing contributes to um, what we're talking about. Is I, I think yeah. sometimes people overcomplicate what they're doing deliberately to make it seem clever or make themselves seem better than they are. And whilst that's a whole other issue for them to deal with, the the knock on from it is it it can intimidate people unnecessarily. 
Mm-hmm. Um, because again, you start to believe, oh, if I want to achieve yellow, I'm going to, and again, you said this yeah. quote wasn't like that. So I'm not on it, but you know, you, in your head, you're going, oh, no, I've got to do 14 steps to do yellow. And, and you know, I, I, I was just impressed by it. I, I, I was just impressed by the fact that, because you must have had, he must have had to try it at least, at least 14 times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to slowly build it up to, to get it to the point where, where he wanted to get in the right mixes <laughs> yeah. and things and it, it wasn't layer. so much no, that, that one yeah and next it's one like, nope still not there it's that um that perseverance and in, 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 in wanting to get you know just a sort of a, not a simple thing um in a way it is but just to make sure that he got it right and mm. it I mean, it was intimidating but i was like well I, you know i might try it one day yeah. um but it, it was more the sort of the, de- the sort of the dedication yeah. to just getting his yellow how he wanted it, and I I, I was just that, that was the thing that sort of impressed me in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't I, mean, I I wouldn't do it because I don't know if I have the patience to do it. That's <laughs> that's that's yeah, well, that's a different conversation altogether. I knew it's interesting yeah. you said that people that that he might have done it to tell people that he'd done it because there was a guy who I used to knock about with a lot when I was a staff member in GW York and he back in the day when everybody's basis was literally just PVA and sand mm. flat no texture no yeah, no um it was a, a a step up from the goblin green which by the way Chris I will put it on record if you do that to Sanguinius's base I will do I don't see what your problem with it is I don't <laughs> I will do to you what one of Alexander the Great's generals did to a pre Precedent uh, of Arnold Rimmer. If you do that to Sanguinius's base, Adam um, never forgive me anyway. So, uh, and I can't no, deal with that. Um, he did. He did eight layers of dry brushing on his bases, eight different browns. And I, and, <laughs> I, and, and I was like, "But well, you're dry brushing. You're picking up the same raised texture every time. So you could like drop five of them, and it would mm. make no difference because you're covering them up." And he's like, "No, no, that I can tell." And I'm like bet you you can't but all right then but he used to think like oh no my base is eight layers of dry brushing and i used to just toddle off and go all right okay <laughs> yeah I, yeah that's 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 about seven too many for me <laughs> i think <laughs> but i do love a good dry brush to be fair i think yeah. it features on just about every model i paint so. yeah I'd, I'd, I'd never really considered that people would paint in a certain way to show off about that painting that 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 has never occurred to me that people would uh painting is the thing that i like that i enjoy the least out of this mm-hmm. is. so mm-hmm. for, for me the idea that someone would paint to show off about painting is mm. uh a complete anathema to me um <laughs> to, to m- making their lives more difficult for the sake of saying to somebody i did i spent you know Eight, eight years perfecting the, the, the edge highlighting that I wanted to do that kind of thing it's uh yeah it's never that never really occurred to me that that would be a thing I got accused of it when I first bought an airbrush 17 years ago people were like what have you got that for just use yeah, a yeah but I've met you a few times Rob and I can believe it that's the same thing oh well all right then fine fine right okay <laughs> right I think we, we've opened a wound there. That's, <laughs> that's, that's fine. I'll, when, once, I get, once I get my vaccines, I'll give him a slap. Um, so, um, 
as a northerner, I generally have to have jabs for going down south anyway, so it's just an extra one. It's no problem. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, it's just something I've never understood that people, like like when Michael came out with his, 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 his little comment the other day to Miles, I was like, well, of course you're good enough to... Of course, you're good enough to try something. You you can hold a brush and not drop it. Surely that's the on, that's the only sort of minimum skill level of trying a technique is can you hold a model in one hand and a brush in the other and not drop either of them? Yeah, I mean it's. A touch I, mean, I still manage to yes, do that. I suppose. But. Yeah, I I think I think you're right. I think there's also, as I said, there's I I this is assuming the person wants to improve. Yeah. Know? So if they're coming out and saying, oh, no, that I'm I can't do that technique so well that's that's too advanced for me so we've we've experienced exactly that with people uh on on classes and people about class so obviously we've been teaching people painting now for five years something like that it's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people um all over the world you know and 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 this is from you know a one-hour session at a convention through to a five-day master class you know so it's the full you're running the full sports spectrum of, of of people that are show an interest in painting mm-hmm. and when we actually established cult of paint as the business one of the key things we looked at was we need to make sure we've got classes that appeal to people at different stages of their painting sort of journey or, yeah. or painting experience and experience isn't necessarily the right word because again we we were having Let's put it this way that we I, I've been teaching airbrushing classes for donkeys years and we uh, we got this this message where someone was like um, it, we have a little Facebook group. So anyone who's come on a class goes in this Facebook group and someone in it was showing how they'd, they'd got all this masking putty and tape out so that they could airbrush the little tabard on a Marines sergeant's tabard between his legs and we were like what on earth are you doing that for just paint <laughs> painting with your paintbrush and he's like oh, i can't i can't blend smoothly with my paintbrush but he was good with his airbrush and it's straight away there was huge alarm bells then it was like we've messed up like we we need to address this quickly like we need to get something out there where people are confident of blending paint with a hairy brush and that was where the, the brush girls class was was born and that's a simple one day class where you could be anyone from like I say this guy who's got hundreds of hours of airbrushing and years of experience painting but still can't blend two colors together with a hairy brush convincingly um uh, and he'll be sat next to the person who's literally doesn't own a model is thinking about getting into this and someone local has gone oh pop down on this class for the day have a go like you know and they don't need to bring anything we provide 99 percent of the stuff for all our classes now so they were able to come along and, and have a go and see if they liked it and it also meant we we had two chaps were on a, a non-metallic metal master class and it was halfway through the day and we were sort of keeping an eye on them and and they weren't they they weren't able to blend those two colors together so we would give this great long demo to all talking about this and then at the end say okay now you need to go and glaze those two together that assumption on our part that they'd be able to do that and of course they couldn't and what it meant was that they weren't able to enjoy and get the most out of that class because they couldn't listen and take in all of this theory, which is essentially all it is, is theory, mm. because they didn't have the mechanical skills of how to blend the two colors together. So, so again, so it's we still a learning guys, process for you as well on how to teach. Oh, 
absolutely you know yeah. and and you know we just gave them a refund and gave them free tickets to a brush skills class you know so it's it's and then they came back on a future nmm one and it was great and they they were they were loving it and they, they knew what you, they were doing um and at no point during any of those examples were you saying to someone you're not good enough or you don't have the potential it was it was our job as if we're going to call ourselves painting tutors it was our job to recognize where their shortcomings were whether that was confidence whether that was technique whether that was a physical attribute you know we, we've had several people come in the class with various um issues that have meant they can't paint exactly the same way as we all paint um and that's always super challenging but very rewarding when when you can help them find that workaround to get there because that's the job uh, i think before we before we started cult of paint and maybe a little bit before that but painting classes in bunny years very often were paying money to go and watch someone else paint mm-hmm. whether yeah. that was on screen or in person whatever. and they would tell you or they'd basically narrate what they were doing and i'm putting the red here and i'm putting this there but they weren't teaching you because the, what these people were were very good painters but weren't necessarily very good teachers yeah and that was something that we we really wanted to focus on from the get-go um both myself and andy have backgrounds in teaching and instructing now neither of us were ever school teachers but all of our previous roles have involved teaching and instructing so we we knew we could paint that wasn't the challenge the challenge was right writing lesson plans um creating teaching aids practicing how to deliver demonstrations feedback all that sort of thing that was what we thought will get us established and that will get us where people are recommending others to go on that class mm. and you know i there i've paid hundreds of dollars to to sit in a class with a painter i really admire really really excited and away from it feeling a little bit nonplussed because essentially i've just sat what i could have done just watched them on youtube you know it's yeah. it's there's, there's definitely a difference so that i think is is where if someone says something like michael said to you that's where we need to be approachable and we need to have that outlet for him to go and if he wanted to have the confidence to come on and paint but also could just turn around and go i'm fine like (laughs) you know i enjoy my painting i get it done and it's fine and i think that's that's what we that was circling right back to the initial point i was making so i think that has to be okay there doesn't have to be this constant drive for people to get better and improve and level up and, and all of it. You know, it's it's just not that important in in, yeah. this, in the scheme of it. Um, I saw a thing with quite a lot of the um, sort of more traditional traditional artists that I, I follow on Instagram that over the first lockdown, they were encouraging people to sort of just take some time and draw something or create something. And they were using the hashtag finished, not perfect. Yeah. And I well, really, I really, yeah. I really like that idea yeah. that, you know, because you can follow um, Kim Jungius, you can follow Cal Kapinski and your Rem Revs and all these guys and McHugh and all these guys who make fortunes in the background. Well, probably don't make fortunes because they're artists, but they work for these yeah. massive big budget <laughs> um, like set design and concept design and things like that. And they just churn out this stuff without even thinking about it. And you think, well, what's the point of me trying to draw Marine? It's never going to be as cool as that Raptor that Karl Kapinski drew from Imperial <laughs> Armour 3, the Taros campaign, which is possibly the coolest Marine ever drawn in history. 
<laughs> and it's just it was that you know finished not perfect but yeah well, conversely to was, that was it churchill was the the perfection's the enemy of progress that, yes, that idea right it's, it's the same yeah. sentiment yeah like conversely to that getting better and leveling up and improving is something that i'm constantly wanting to do with my own painting and i get yeah. really frustrated that i'm like i'm doing the same thing again mm. you know i'm i'm mucking it up with alclad exhaust manifold which is pretty much my version of um like mank wash i was just like if i can get exhaust manifold on it then i will because it's just makes right, everything right. look horrible and brilliant yeah. uh, but i feel I, I sometimes get frustrated that i don't feel like i'm getting anywhere sure, sure. and doing anything and like you know um I managed to avoid the craze of painting everything bloody marble a year ago. Thank you, Miles. Um, I think he was he was he was prime culprit for that one. Um, no comment. But uh, yeah, I was going to say you're not, on, enti- you're not entirely you're not entirely blameless on that one either. Jody, Jody's wildly teasing about that. All in good fun. And I think that I think part of the reason I came up with this question as well is I kind of struggle with the mentality of. I'm fi- with that I'm fine mm. when it comes to my miniature painting I'm I'm kind of like no I'm not I, th- mm. I think if if I got like I mentioned him one the other day like if Kirill Kanaev came over and went that looks good I'd be like yeah I'm happy now um, <laughs> I, could I mean that's and, a fairly high high bar to set yeah, there I, I could sit and watch him paint because then at least I would know it's not witchcraft yeah just seeing that yeah. seeing the pictures like <laughs> ridiculous yeah, utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Probably the world's greatest proponent of non-metallic metal you'll ever, you'll ever see. Um, yeah, have you seen the stuff? He's, he's, another, he's at another so, level. Yeah. Have you seen the the um, Long John Silver he's posted this evening on Instagram? Uh, no, not yet. No, <laughs> <laughs> I have never seen never seen lighting effects like it. It is just bonkers. Um, but yeah. I'll pop I'll pop a link in the show notes for people to. Uh, to follow to follow him on uh, on the Instagram and just you know see what see what is possible, uh, but he does cheat and do fifty four mil scale and busts. So you know he's the stuff that you see isn't on a marine. It's five times the size. Don't don't get too depressed. Um, we'll do it's just a Primark. Primark's <laughs> a fifty four mil. Oh, we should God. we should know. We should we got two fifty four mil <laughs> miniatures gonna, lines. Yeah. Well, that's that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. somebody give somebody give that man a set of primers. Uh, see what he does with them. And, and to be fair, depending on who has sculpted the model, quite a few of the Space Marines we've got from Forge World over the years have been anywhere between about ten mil and seventy five mil, haven't they? So well, know, that's true. Yeah, I've, I've got a couple of Rogue Trader Marine, old Gary Morley Rogue Trader Marines from late 80s kicking about and they are smaller than age of sigma fire slayers they are actually mm. smaller than dwarfs <laughs> but uh yeah right then shall we get on to some some questions AKA, yeah yeah AKA picking the tutor's brains without having to pay now for it we, now we've done the little bit of a sort of slightly slightly uh what's the word soapboxy uh was the hot soapbox action hot hot enough yeah. and soapy enough for you it was good i was just glad it's, it's something it's something that plays on my mind personally and it's something i've considered from a professional standpoint as well and i, I just i do feel like the our 30k community is is particularly bad for it um and and i think you can separate it out between wanting everybody to love painting as much as you do and produce 
as good a looking armies as you produce and all the rest of it but there needs to be that understanding where for a lot of people that is not the desire and i think we should be incredibly proud that i can't think of a heresy event where it's where the armies haven't all been painted you know and and the you know the achievement you don't know what's going on in that person's personal life right just to get those goodness knows how many tactical marines with you know base color you know everything colored in essentially and based you know it's uh it's important i think so do, yeah. do you think there's let's, a sort uh, of let's a, do sort of another side to sort of the imposter syndrome thing which is the um it's, it's something that i suffer with is so I spent, you know, you spend 60, 70 quid on, I use Sanguinis as my example, because it's in my line of sight. Um, and then it's that fear of, if I start painting it, I'm going to mess it up. Oh, yeah. And and then you've got that, it's, it's that sort of association between the sort of the price tag of, of, the, of the models and, and heresy, especially because, let's be honest, this isn't the cheapest of the games you can sort of tabletop play. <laughs> so I, I, I think there's that. Most sort of, expensive, surely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's got to be certainly up there. But I, I do wonder also if, if that's another sort of, um, sort yeah, of yeah. element to it because, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm i lucky. I, I know someone that, that, that will paint things for me that I don't want to paint. Mm. So um uh, otherwise well, I you know Ra- i mean Rauderon just there, has been sort of sat there for ages unpainted because i know that mm. um you know uh, because i have that sort of mental block of i'm not going to get it right <laughs> so and i don't want to ruin the model <laughs> well this ties, so this ties into with, the official yeah, question that, that's more intimidation you know that's not necessarily imposter syndrome but, right that but, is simply doubting your own ability but but i'll happily you know turn out you know 25 space marines and ultimately he's no different but it's no. that <laughs> you know that there is a very little difference between the two mm. but it's uh, i do wonder if that sort of there is that sort of crossover between those the sort of the two things yeah, yeah possibly i mean i think i think one of those I mean, for me, it's two separate things in that the thing you're talking about is a bit like I was saying earlier with the whole echo chamber thing, this idea of you should spend more time on your character models. Well, I I disagree. (laughs) I I'm a huge fan of the idea of letting the sculpt do the work for you. And the vast majority of the time, your character models are going to be more interesting models they're going to have more stuff on them they're going to have better poses they're going to have more gear and if you simply paint that model to the same level as all your other models it will naturally look more impressive because the model's more impressive now with space marines in a way you you that's exaggerated because often our character models will have uh, a helmetless head on them not in this man's army, so, they weren't you know, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> but you know, because again, this is science fantasy, not science yeah, fiction yeah. or whatever, right? It's, um, but straight away, that means that you are, even if I was to paint the skin to the same level as it were as the rest of the model, it's going to look way better because there's there's skin on it, um, and and straight away we're seeing it. So, 
Um, it's just like you said then, like ultimately Sanguinius isn't really that different to a Marine. I mean, he kind of is. In like, he's probably the worst one to pick of all the, the <laughs> yeah. crimes. It, it was just, just sort of there in my... There. Well, uh, uh, and also, I mean, Ralderon is, uh, uh, I suppose, is probably Ralderon another... Ralderon's a perfect example. Yeah, like, yeah. He's, he's just a Marine sergeant, right? He's just a yeah. sergeant, no helmet on, you know. Um, and he's got all this extra sculpting on him, which if you just colour that in to the same level as the rest of the thing you've done, he will look cooler. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the imposter syndrome thing is more this idea of being a fraud. Um, this, this, and, and that I'm not so sure there is so much of. I think, I think in a way what we're talking about is a lot more to do with intimidation factor. Yeah, I think uh, that's a, be, that's uh, a better way know. of putting it. I think that the, the, while you've been talking, I think the, the imposter syndrome, I think, is more, me mentioning the social media, is probably more social media driven. So, like, if I come on, your, if I come on your course, I'm, yes. not sat in a, I'm not sat in a room with two tutors. I'm sat in a room with a man who's got a pair of Slayer swords propped up against the wall at home and someone else who's got and another man yeah. with golden demon yeah. statues. That's, you, and I'm like, should I be in a room with these people? I'm just a cretin with ten thumbs and a paintbrush. And that is your spot on. That is imposter syndrome. And again, I think that's something we just have to, as a company, just obliterate wherever possible. Is, is the whole idea is you're coming on this to learn. I remember I did a, a an army painting class in Cheltenham few years ago and on one of the tables we had the guy who had just won the most recent heresy slayer sword was it neil sat, neil sat next to a sat i won't name names and <laughs> sat next to someone who had literally started the hobby on this class and the end of day one and this was because that sword winner had never airbrushed before right and at the end neil. of day one <laughs> at the end of day one they you couldn't really tell Who's whose was whose? Now, end of day two, you could a bit because there were details and and color choices and, th- and things like that. But the point was, is is that guy was cool enough to put aside any ego, you know, because that's the flip side of it. You get this thing, this point where if they've maybe won an award somewhere or they've had enough people tell them how wonderful they are on social media, people start to believe their own hype and yeah. believe that they can't improve. And that's a real shame. I think that's so what I copped in November, and that comes up in question six later. Uh, I, think, okay. I think that's an example of what I got <laughs> in. Um, yeah. the, the, the person in question is the sort of guy that John Blanche sends models to to paint. So right. That's because um, <laughs> um, I don't know. You might have been there actually, because we were the the four of us. It was before Blood and Glory. We just stopped off at Warhammer World, yeah. and. Like I was sat there and I about had heart failure because I spotted Andy, I spotted David Soper, I spotted Neil, I spotted the person in question mm. um, who upset me later on and numerous others. And I was like, is there something going on? Because there's <laughs> like enough Slayer Sword winners in here to occupy Paris. You know, it was... Um, I don't know, you, you, might have, you might have been there, I don't know, but I certainly clocked the... The sort of um, yeah. oh, um, what's his face? Rich, Rich Gray was yeah. there, and yeah, the usual suspects, right? Yes, yeah. Um, that's being in a room with those guys. That's imposter syndrome, right? Yeah, I had I, that one, that one I felt guilty as chips, right? Yeah. Which is a first. Which is a, was a first. <laughs> it's yeah. It's it. It can be tough, but that's that's all this thing, isn't it? About 
it's far too much to unpack on a on a heresy podcast <laughs> but it's it is yeah. really interesting and i do think we we are seeing it a lot um whether it's imposter system whether it's intimidation whether it's uh, a lack of or not a lack of whether it's demotivation so personally i've had to do an awful lot of um reduction in my social media over the last year or so because i've begun to find a lot of it very demotivating um you know it's not inspiring me anymore to paint these things it's actually beginning to aggravate me and demotivate me and stuff like that so i think it's social media has just made a a really interesting had a really interesting impact on on the painting scene i think without doubt and i would i think i would consider podcasts as part of that but only really within heresy because there is this i say this this sort of elitism around the the, the painting when we we keep a gate that gate is kept yeah yeah it's it's um, just it's just it just grinds my gears if i'm honest yeah Um, yeah i'm i I try i'm probably as guilty of it as annoyed by it and it's um something that i'm trying to um keep an eye on because i could be a proper rivet counter i could be like (laughs) well i think you'll find on that campaign that company wasn't present as it says in this paragraph of this Uh, book that nobody there wasn't that much iron in the mud that you've got on your uh on, on, on I once, this on I once, three, I once uh, it was a predominantly uh, alkaline. <laughs> I once sent a message to Dan Abnett to ask him what colour the soil was on Prospero for a project that never got anywhere. Goblin and... green, I believe. <laughs> Thankfully, that as, was as all things should be. All yeah. things should be. Don't encourage him. Right, let's get let's get to some of these questions. I think we've pretty much covered question one. Yeah, in the I previous previous time which was which was going to be how do you reassure someone without much confidence in their painting that their course and things like the, your patreon are viable hobby aids for them well if you haven't yeah. answered if, if you don't know the answer to that rewind to the beginning press play <laughs> when you hear me answer the question ask the question again you'll have just had the answer i think yeah. that's fairly we want fairly we want to teach you yeah we want to teach and we want to help you get better we're not there to take your money to watch us paint yeah, you're not stroking your egos. You're more. You're, no, we don't. We don't need that. There's enough. You know, there's, 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 there's you thousands of people on other, social media fine. to do that for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, no, we we have decided to do this, and um, by no means because we're driving around in Lamborghinis. Um, it's we're doing this because it's incredibly rewarding when you see somebody improve, and and you you've you've played a part in helping them figure out how to do that that's why that's why we're doing it this isn't you know bob whatever who's just happens to be very good at painting deciding he wants to make a few extra quid on patreon cool radio question two so for me when i wanted to start that more military modeling look that kind of more photorealistic like you used to get f on fx kits back in the day when they had a, a studio painted model on the front mm-hmm. Uh, I started by just buying some military modeling magazines. Uh, they put me off because they suggested undercoating a model and leaving it for nine months to cure. Um, so um, but part of me was just screaming, buy a can of Chaos Black for crying out loud. Uh, then I got the original Ford World, yeah. Ford World Masterclass book, the one with all the stuff that um, they didn't want to print. Yes, that one that I can see you... Uh, the one with the double-page spread of utter heresy that Phil Stachinska says, you print it or I quit. Um, and basically that taught me 99% of what I do, which yeah. is probably why all my stuff looks the same. Um, now, looking at the uh, sort of the, your company, Cult of Paint as a company, I would say that kind of style is definitely more your thing than Andy's. Is that fair? 
Yeah, I'd say that is fair. I mean, as as a company, we we try very hard to provide uh, chances for people to experience and improve and learn all styles. Yeah. Um, the, the brush skills class is a really good one. Because we we just we talk about on that. It's regardless of what style you're going to paint in, it's probably going to be useful to you. But it's always this idea of you know this isn't the right way. This is just a way of doing yeah. it and, and i think that's important but yes i for me that military and again this is because i came back into the hobby via heresy well via badab and then mm-hmm. into yeah. heresy and that military modeling style of look the by which we mean sort of um weathered battle damaged not noticeable edge highlighting um generally more muted desaturated colors um but that that style was what was in the the uh, imperial armor books and the model masterclass books because yeah. as the man you've just mentioned phil stachinskas is one of the greatest yeah. exponents of that style you know the guy invented quite a few techniques yeah. and not many people do that um and that's that's trickled down and you know that, that model masterclass book one um is it, it, because at the time citadel didn't produce other range they just had like an, a simple acrylic paint range they didn't even have inks or anything at the time yeah. they were able to publish all these different materials and different brands that that phil and and um oh my goodness it's gone mark phil and mark yeah. had, uh, used uh, on things so and that and that's because that was my way in that was how i learned to paint it, it yeah. was the same and, and it's airbrushing i I airbrushed from the moment I got back into the hobby. So, you know, for me, it's it's synonymous. It's not a different thing. It's just part of painting. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I again, it, it largely comes from because that's what those guys used. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that makes sense. So when you look at, you know, and, and yeah. So other than, other than sort of um, in a post-COVID world, signing up to a Cult of Paint course or... Um, or the or the Patreon, for example, um, which is quite quite recent, quite a recent addition for you, isn't it? Um, yes. So it's well, it was a adapt or die really for us this year. So right. we started a YouTube channel and we started Patreon, um, and they're both going really well, which is which is lovely. Um, YouTube is more um, simple recipes because that's what we get asked a lot. <laughs> this for recipes uh, and and sort of core techniques, sort of. This is an overview of oils. Have a look. Watch this for 10 minutes. If you dig it, go off and search and explore on YouTube and find tons of other great videos about yeah. that, that subject. Kind of thing. And then Patreon is a lot more about mine and Andy's sort of personal projects or more deep dive techniques, which we can go and blabber on for about hours and hours and hours on there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, we're loving it. Absolutely loving it. But, um, yeah, m- m- the, I did one class last year in Sweden, the military modeling class. It was bliss. It was, just, it was everything I wanted to do with painting. We just spent two days in a hut with, you know, about ten other guys who that was all they wanted to do too. You know, yeah. when we when we spent four hours painting mud, you know, and, and yeah, I love the smell of Tamiya thinners in the morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, if you can't if you can't get on those, for me, Model Masterclass Book One mm-hmm. is a brilliant introduction to those techniques and materials all of which are still relevant but it's presented to you in a 
on on miniatures that you're familiar with and you're comfortable yeah. with because one of yeah. the big things with this military modeling scale modeling style of, of painting is nearly all the books and stuff the, the stuff it's done on is a larger scale than our um our gaming models and that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean the model will be bigger it's simply it's a larger scale and because of that you're able to paint on a lot more nuance and a lot more interest onto a onto an armor panel you can show loads of fading and and different wear and tear and the problem is is if you try and translate that directly to a a rhino it won't look right because of the scale um you know i'm a huge fan of simplicity in a in a paint job i i i don't enjoy it when people have just because they know color theory doesn't mean you've got to you know, or you understand about contrast. It doesn't mean you have to turn it up to 11 on every model you paint kind of thing. It, uh, to me, it can begin to look a bit messy, a bit distracting. Um, but the wonderful thing that Model Masterclass does is it takes all those techniques and it shows us how to utilize them on our sorts of models. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe it's out of print. Is that right? Uh, or... They changed it. And basically they changed that double page spread. Oh right, oh, so it's it's all fine. full. Oh, yeah. It's all it's full of their stuff, that. but it's still it's still kicking about. It's still kicking about. Right. Um, it's it's worth picking up. There's if you want to look at, at more military modeling style stuff that isn't from Forge World. Um, I think my if it's sort of a one book suggestion, it's a book called Tank Art mm-hmm. by Michael Rinaldi. Um, it is a little more uh, in depth. Um, and if someone like me who's got no um i don't really know an awful lot about world war one world war two it's never been an area of era of history that's massively interested me from a warfare point of view um but i can still really enjoy that book because i'm looking at it from a okay what products has he used what techniques is he using kind of thing and i don't mind that this particular model of panzer or whatever is has to be this gray or whatever i i'm just going oh that's a cool way to paint gray right yeah let's try and understand yeah. that but yeah. Do, yeah do be aware with that it's it is at a larger scale of model so you're not going to be able to use all of the techniques that you see within that and if you're more of a i like to watch tutorials rather than read i'm more of a read than watch but i know a lot of people are more watch than read um my favorite uh youtube channel for that style of painting is uh night shift uh, so that's mm-hmm. n-i-g-h-t yeah. shift s-h-i-t um he's got a really really nice style of presenting he yeah. yes he works on larger yeah. scale stuff but it's it's all the same stuff there's there's there really is nothing new under the sun like phil 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 basically did it all um yeah. michael yeah. pretty much did it all um adam wilder the guys like that it's kind of been done and now it's just Find someone whose delivery you enjoy, and it it will be the same, be the them. same kind of stuff. You know, follow, follow them. And all I would suggest is is find someone who who teaches. You know, if you want to learn about it, someone who teaches, not just someone who parrots what someone else has done, a technique that someone else has done, because mm-hmm. um, right that's on. not necessarily going to teach anything new. No, uh, that's, that's true. true. That's I, true. I really like. Um, gosh his name's gone from my mind now but uh, night shift the, the, the yeah. guy that, that does not yeah. I, I really like his style i think he's he sort of explains why he uses things yeah he does yeah. yeah um so kind of moving on for that if for example so someone moving away from that warhammer tv slash duncan style yeah. painting not that i'll hear anything bad said against mr two thin coats um 
if there's one single kind of technique that you could say so gives you the most bang for your buck so would that it's thinking something like maybe oil washing or sponge chipping or something. yeah which, which of these which of those do you think is going to give you the most noticeable difference if you've moved from one style to another if you start applying one technique that's the hardest question and i thought about this for ages sorry um, it's okay. I and I, I don't want it to be a cop out politician answer, but I actually don't think I don't think it's a specific technique. I think it's a specific theory, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the the Duncan style of painting, the, the Games Workshop Army painting. I'm not going to say heavy metal because heavy metal does do this, but but uh, takes it further. So essentially, you you color a model in, and then you trace the edges. And you wash the recesses to create definition. So you trace the edges with a light color, so edge highlighting, and then you wash something to get definition between the panels. That, that's that's it. There's no consideration for a light source. The biggest difference that changes when you want to paint like this is understanding and having a light source. So what you create is rendering, by which I mean every surface has elements of light and shadow across it. Mm-hmm that's when it all changes um and there are multiple things we can do to achieve that but you know we still edge highlight when we do military modeling mm-hmm. we still base coat when we do military modeling so those techniques are exactly the same as what duncan or games workshop are doing the biggest biggest difference is this concept of a light source and and, and rendering shapes um so that would be my advice is is try to understand how light behaves on different shapes and different surfaces, uh, and that, yeah. that will introduce that. But yeah, oil paints, I guess, if you want a quick, <laughs> quick yeah. one, get into oil. Get some oil paints, lovely. <laughs> yeah, yeah get, I'll get you out of licking your brush. Get you out of the habit of licking <laughs> your brush quick enough. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> um, now, again, this is this might be something that's. Um, to almost a banal question to really answer without playing politician. If there's one important bit ones want to move towards that style. Yeah. I would say if it's an personally I would say it's an airbrush if you don't have one. But yeah. that's that's me. I'm not I'm not a teacher. I'm just someone who airbrushes anything yeah. that stays still long enough. <laughs> um a lamp. You need good light. If you if you need to start being able to hyper detail things, which there is a lot of in very modeling, you know, we're, we're spending five minutes chipping a panel on a tank. You know, you need good light. You need to be able to see what you're doing. Um, you, you if if you're going to get into painting vehicles, then an airbrush is going to make your life way more enjoyable might make it easier necessarily i mean it will once you figure it out but it will just make it more enjoyable and it will allow you to do more techniques um, but it's not essential by any means you know if you're just an infantry painter you can get away with rattle cams and and a brush and, and all the rest of it if you want to um, but i would say a, a lamp and you need a, a good natural hairbrush and a good artificial brush because if you're going to do military modeling, you're going to start to use paints that are no longer water-based acrylics. And those paints will damage your natural hair 
Kalinsky brushes. Um, so oh, yeah, I know that's three things, but you know, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right because <laughs> right, it kind of it, it kind of steps into question five, which yeah, you can always spend an absolute fortune. Oh yeah, on on anything, but you don't. I don't. It's a second mortgage isn't a prerequisite of wanting to sort of take on that kind of style, is it? You can still do it. Um, like I've got God knows how many oil paints downstairs in in my workshop, but I've, I follow plenty of people who do all this exactly the same weathering effects with Citadel acrylics. Yeah, I, I, I mean, can't do it with Citadel acrylics. Hard, I've never learned them because they won't give you the same thought. effect. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's, it's um, yeah, I'm I'm probably a bad person to ask about spending money on painting equipment, um, but I, I'd like to think I'm realistic about it. Um, if you are interested enough in painting that you are listening to this or that you uh, or you want to improve your models then you will find a way to get the equipment and with all of this just message us right like if you're interested in airbrushing go and look at our super short youtube series on getting into airbrushing i go through all the stuff you need and all the superfluous stuff that you just do not need um again there's far too much uh echo chamber stuff going on around yeah you know i'm gonna, have, stuff. I'm gonna have to check that now and see how much <laughs> of the stuff i don't need that i've had for years <laughs> <laughs> but it's is it cheap no neither is 30k no. if, if you're playing 30k you need to stop thinking about that you still need to be sensible with your purchases but you but you are clearly uh rich enough to do this hobby okay so you know you may be time poor but when it comes to being able to spend 70 pounds on a bloody rhino <laughs> you're fine you know a predator yeah. you're, you're fine um, and I, worked, so, I, I did a bit of pricing up yesterday um of, of some things and i think for looking at element who sponsor the show you could get for the price of a forge world super heavy tank so like a like a storm blade um, yeah. which we both own you the could get God, it's a beautiful thing for 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 the price of one of them you could get a good lamp and a starter airbrush rig i think that's fairly safe to say yeah. yes, certainly but also you don't you don't need to get all this stuff in in a one either no. um i only got a decent lamp about three months know. ago <laughs> right and and there's there's always there's options for every budget within all of this and again uh, this the idea of coming on here wasn't to plug what we do by any means but you know we started this company because basically we we wanted to provide what we wish there had been when we got in the hobby that resource where we we aren't owned by anyone it's just me and andy you know andy has yeah. uh, a sponsorship deal with brushes but other than that you know of course we have good relationships with different manufacturers but we can say what we want about things. You know, if if we think something's good or if we put our name on something, it's because it's good. It's not, you know, again, it's not because it's going to make us a load of money. Because unless you go into workshop, nothing does. Yeah. Uh, so um, when it comes to, to, to airbrushing, it, it, try if you can to go down your local store and ask if someone does it. Ask if someone's willing to let you have a go um hopefully you might be able to get to one of our intro classes which again you can turn up with no equipment we provide airbrush we provide everything for those classes you don't need a thing so you can come and spend 60 70 quid whatever is on the class and decide you like it or you can decide no this isn't for me but at least i guarantee you will 
have all the information you need to make that decision Mm. Um, and i think that's that can happen sometimes people will sometimes dismiss a technique or dismiss a product and actually that's because it's easier for them to try and belittle it or dismiss it than it is for them to sort of admit that perhaps they have some misgivings about their own ability to yeah. use that product or, or learn that that technique. Um, so you know that's it's, it's it's worth considering, but it doesn't. Michael, yeah, it really really doesn't need to be expensive. Because yeah. Michael, you've sort of started to kind of get slightly involved in airbrushing, haven't you? You've kind of, but you've, you've sort of done it bit, hes- yeah. hesitantly in, in sort of in that regard because you're a bit sort of nervous about um, sort of you know what Henry was just saying, sort of get sort of put off by it. In, in, by the sort of unusual nature of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm probably the wrong person to natter about it because yeah. I'm decidedly <laughs> evangelical about it. I'll be like, that's, oh, that's it. That's, that's a great word, right? Evangelical. It's like we, what, we, what we said at the very top of the chat. Sometimes there's this echo chamber, there's this this pontificating, evangelical, or whatever you want to call it, and it and it puts people off, whereas actually all you want it to do is encourage them and make them love like, it as I much as I want you as, to love it as much as, as, as I do, right? that's all I yeah. want. Yeah, precisely. Right? I'm sure 90% of all of it comes from a, a good place with this, but unfortunately the internet does what the internet does, yeah. and inevitably and makes breaking it... Breaking Wheaton's bad. law. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. I think... And airbrushing is a a really interesting one because it again I think it's particularly um, prevalent in 30k and I think to a degree I have to take some responsibility for that. Um, There are it's it's a, a real point of pride to know that the vast majority of people that have ever done an airbrushing heresy tanks class I bought them. You know, it's pretty cool. And and to see that on boards and to see them going off and sharing that advice with their clubs and getting those clubs into it and, and all of that, I, you know, it's really nice. And again, that's simply because it was such a huge boon to my hobby. It opened up my heresy hobby. And it's very cool to see that filtering, filtering down through um, yeah. through the, the different communities now around the world, which is which is rad. Um, but yeah, there's there's no getting away from it. You want to get into airbrushing, it's going to cost you 150 to 250 pounds. But that's the that's it for that budget. The equipment you're going to get with that is not going to need replacing very often at all. I mean, I've I've got um, I've still got the same compressor I bought 17 years ago. Sparmax right. compressor. Bit of an extreme example, but that's really it gets better. An excellent brand. Yeah, it gets know. better. I can think. I can think of three times round about this time of the year, I have left my workshop and come back over a fortnight later, and it's still been switched on, <laughs> and it's never missed. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to buy a new one tomorrow because it's going to spontaneously explode in my workshop. Say, right yeah. now. <laughs> I'll let other people. Fin- I'll let other people finish that sentence, but I don't have to. <laughs> have to say it but yeah like it was a uh, yeah, it's the same as it's the same as oil paints you might balk at the idea of paying seven pounds for a, a tube of oil paint but you will, you will probably pass away or quit the hobby before that oil runs out you know yeah it's just being honest yeah i have tubes of oil paint that i use on classes and have used and let other people use and they still haven't run out in five years or whatever yeah. this, this kind of thing is, you know? wow. um but it, it can be 
I do understand it can be a, a, a not intimidating, but it can put people off that initial um, price yeah. tag. But all, all I would say is, if you care about painting, it is worth it. You know, forego that couple of months of buying yet another tank to sit in the box under your desk for the next three years, and and invest in that that time because you you will get exponentially more value out of everything you own when you do it. The flip side. You totally don't need it, right? If you just want to get stuff, simply painted and on the board, wicked. Like, good for you. You do not need to be a master airbrush or even own an airbrush to paint cool-looking <coughs> Rattle cans and See, I, uh, and stuff out. So I, I bought Rattle. an airbrush because um, it was around the time that the custodians started to come out from Forge World, and I was like, I'm going to get those tanks. There's a lot of very nice, very clean, flat surfaces. Mm. And I was like, the best way I'm going to continue there being a nice clean flat surface on yeah. there is going to be just doing it with an airbrush yeah. because I knew that otherwise if I did it with a sort of any brush I knew I was, there was going to be some sort of uh, a line even if I sort of did thin uh, thin coats and stuff so I was like right that's the way I'm going to do it and it's, it's you know I do it for pretty, use it for pretty much everything now but originally it was just purely because you know I, I thought that's going to give me the Sort of mm. the best uh, the best result and it, you know it, it it didn't work out a few times more more than a few times you know? <laughs> i didn't know that i could turn my compressor down from 40 psi for over a year you were <laughs> sandblasting your models yeah. so yeah but i remember the first the first time i loaded it up siphon i got a siphon thing it was a mistake oh, on the right. yeah um, okay. Like yeah. and I got um like airbrush artists paints which are basically like inks for people who haven't used them before. Didn't realise that there was variable pressure on the compressor. Turned it on, pointed it at a random Eldar model that I'd found, and repainted me mum's curtains behind them. Say it, like cleansed <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah and damn near, damn near went through the patio window behind it. It was like pretty savage. So everybody makes but mistakes. The, the airbrushing is. It's something that, yeah, it does it does get touched on a lot. I mean, I mentioned a, a few minutes ago this idea of, of people being sort of time poor. And, and I think yeah. one of the big things that gets overlooked with airbrushing, and this is this is assuming that you you are confident doing the fundamentals of airbrushing, which if you just watch those YouTube videos, you will be, right? It's not this complicated thing people make it out to be. It really isn't. Um, and, yeah, yeah. I won't get on that soapbox. We've done that already. Um, but it's, it's the the amount of time a tool like that will save you over an army is huge. And all of a sudden, that's that's where I think its value is. You know, is three evenings a week I can do my personal hobby. Well, all of a sudden, in one of those evenings, I can base coat my whole army. Yeah, you've yeah. just you've just probably bought yourself two three weeks worth of hobby evenings. So now you can maybe spend that time on painting the eye lenses on them, whereas perhaps you wouldn't have bothered before. And now straight away, your model looks better. And that's nothing to do with you being a wizard with the airbrush or anything. It's just it's bought you time to paint more. Um, and I think that's something that's often overlooked with, yeah. with things like the airbrush. Yeah. Uh, cool. But yeah, rattle cans are great too. Don't get me wrong. I rattle can prime still. I think it's more effective. Yeah. 
So, here we go then. So this is a, a more personal question because I can hold a grudge like Thorgrim of Caramel <laughs> himself. And uh, Michael and Chris were both there for this, as was Graham, when I returned back to the table in Warhammer World about wanting to throw my model across the floor. You, you were a certain shade of, you know, pallid elf flesh. Yeah, I'd cooled down from the future and puce that I was then immediately. Yeah. Okay, so, I'll a fantastic Tamiya colours probably yes yes exactly um i'd so i sent you a video of my stormblade which admittedly i didn't don't have a gold demon for um i referred that as an example to somebody on that night where it was like the oscars of painting at warhammer world (laughs) and i was referred back to something that was in the cabinet because there was winners in the cabinet something that was as heavy metal styly as you as could possibly be and for me as unrealistic as could possibly be as well it was a white scars tank that was whiter than the snowman cartoon by Derek briggs um and i was literally told word for word pigments are lazy anyone can throw powder on a model just because it's dirty doesn't mean it's good wow and that's from someone who has probably a similar level of accolades to their name to andy right right um that's not really i don't know i don't even now that i've gone through it, i don't even know why i mentioned it. it just sounds like i'm sulking about it Good a year but, later but the thing is that that's yes, I am. It does if, suck. No, it if does that's suck. from someone that you sort of look up to in yeah. in, in in that sort of yeah. um that scene and then they go well actually you know i, I don't have any time for what you're you're doing <laughs> then you know it, it it's demotivating isn't it you know you, you know, i was there i i saw your face you after that you were pretty much a, a broken man for you know a good two or three hours after that in fact you know yeah, luckily the rest of the weekend i just lost five games in a row so uh, you know it, it all went it went all went uphill from there yeah absolutely that's standard and a gaming weekend what are you on about that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's what i assume is a good weekend win win that's one only, game for, only lost for five yeah yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know whether that kind of response is something that people are maybe frightened of from the, from the the glitterati, so that we speak. I mean, yeah, I deliberately approached that person because I twigged on, I recognised him, and he was one that I thought because I know people who know him or who've mm-hmm. met him, I felt like I could approach him. I mm-hmm. didn't even make eye contact with David Soper. Um, <laughs> who's a incredibly lovely man, and I guarantee you would have not answered something in that way. Um, uh, the, yeah, the, that, the only that story I've that. heard about him was was Neil Hollis saying that he turned up for a games day one day, one year, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to enter Golden Demon." Yada yada yada. Was talking to Mister Soper in the queue, and just pulled and just pulled an entry and just went, "No point me even putting that in. I'm not going to bother." <laughs> Oh, that's a shame. But that's a whole other topic about the idea of, of competing or just going to show. But uh, no, that, I mean, that really sucks, Robin. And that is a shame you guys. And what I would ask before we unpack that one, because that's going to be quite a bit fun. It, did, does, were you aware of that person's body of work being the style that you like and were asking for advice about? This, because, this, you know, uh, I, I wouldn't go to Andy to ask about painting um real true metallic metals what's mm. the point I, you know um uh, you know go go to someone 
you know but if i want to understand light if i want to understand color theory if i want to understand nmm flesh of course andy's gonna be fantastic for it but you know it's i think that's an important one the stuff that i'd seen covered quite a lot because he's done mm-hmm. quite a lot of the inquisitor 28 stuff mm-hmm. which is deliberately right. so that is yeah gritty grimdark sure sort of textured yeah. uh, like i i dabble with that a bit and that's a case of like deliberately being looser with stuff and going right i'm gonna let i'm gonna leave that mistake because that's kind of how john paints a bit mm. um and but um i've seen everything from sort of ultra heavy metal sort of traditional um golden demon style all the way through to inquisitor 28 stuff so i thought I'll, I'll i'll see what he says and i said look this is just a game this is a gaming piece it's not a competition piece there's a couple of mold lines that i've noticed just on the way over um but is there any feedback you can give for if I wanted to take this towards like a competition thing? Because I'd love to win a Golden Demon one day, but five minutes later, I felt like burning all my brushes, if I'm brutally honest. Um, yeah, and that's that really sucks. The model. <laughs> if, if, if it hadn't been the price it was, I probably would have done. If it was a plastic rhino, I probably would have stamped on it there and then. But Yeah, yeah you were pretty crestfallen. Uh, I, I was a little... And, but it's I don't know whether that's part. Of, I don't know whether that ties into a bit of what you were saying before that you didn't did some part of me go and ask him because I wanted somebody famous to say my stuff was good. Yeah, possibly, and there's nothing. And equally, there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's there's possibly so it, within competitive painting, you have different people, but very very different attitudes towards painting and towards other people and towards competition and some of those painters who i've met they aren't terribly pleasant people like i've i've no real desire to hang out with them and i know that because i suppose i'm exposed to them more more often yeah um equally you can have some people that are very competitive at painting but are really lovely people like neil's a great example neil will admit he's a real cutthroat like competitive painter he loves it but neil's also a really lovely person the 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 five or six times i've met neil i've always thoroughly enjoyed like spending time time with him sort of thing um but i think it's you know is is don't always expect uh, that's going to sound really like whatever of me like uh, people know this but but you don't necessarily great painters aren't necessarily going to be great people they aren't necessarily going to have the um, personal skills and the um, oratory skills to to critique, to feedback, to encourage someone else. Because it might just yeah. be the way they are, you know, and it, it just really sucks. And, and painting's that, a really insular thing as well. You know, you know it's yeah it's a it's a personal focus thing and it's very much you ran that thing. So you're not going to pick up sort of the, necessarily the social yeah talents or skills yeah. required because you, that's your and there's that's a like subjective focus. yeah there's the subjective element as well you know like yeah if, yeah if someone it does go Picasso, both ways the first thing i do is sell it because i can't stand it so <laughs> bank off um well yeah i think yeah i, I get you there well, um, someone gives me a rembrandt i'll be like that's my worst, you know? um there's it does go both ways because we we get reached out a lot to a lot by by many people with regards to painting sometimes asking like you are well i want to get into competitive painting how, how can i improve it but 
there's there's and i'm not saying you did this but there's certainly a way to ask for advice and for help as well and i if someone approaches me it's usually online um but if someone approaches me um and politely sort of strikes up a conversation about painting and then wants a little bit of advice on how to improve i will chat to them all day long um but the amount of times it's a turnoff where someone literally just hi uh, what colors did you use for this Sure, i'm yeah. like uh excuse me like <laughs> who are you like what's yeah. what you're, you know and uh, there's and that's obviously an extreme example of it but it's you know it it, it is tough is is there's there's, there's there's we've got a very broad spectrum of people in this this hobby you know all, all i would say is if you you do enjoy painting and you do want to improve and you do want to get critique there are people out there who would love to talk about it and there are facebook groups whatsapp groups discord chats um you know individuals uh you know every painter loves having their ego stroked you know if it's oh i really love what your painting's like you might, well yeah okay yes yeah, sure what do you want to ask me like i'm yours <laughs> Edit it. you know it's it's there's 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 ways to ask but yeah i, I just sucks that that happened but but i don't think it's um unusual i i, yeah. I don't think uh, i mean again because we're unpacking it I can sort of think of think of um, similar things. I used to be a full-time musician and I used to have a very good rig that I used to use for playing bass. And I used to get a lot of people who'd be like, just come up and go, how much was your bass amp? How much was your bass? Right. How much is your bass? And not like I enjoyed your set. Not like yeah. that was good playing. It was just how much was that shiny bit of kit? And it was like, well, sound none of your chuffing business for a bloody start but, um, <laughs> that's it right yeah um it's, but yeah, yeah i suppose thinking about it you know i was a bit starstruck i was a bit kind of mm. i don't know i'm not going to say that that person was entirely to blame i was probably just as much of a contributing factor probably never meet your heroes know what they're saying like, <laughs> well yeah that's 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 true i i have and also you've got to start separating art from the artist as well do you now really dislike that guy's stuff because of that <laughs> Oh, I, could, that, I, could, I could draw a hell of a musical <laughs> analogy to that but we aren't recording it and it certainly isn't going out on the internet i'll mention that when michael presses the stop button um so we'll move on to a loosely associated question seven seeing as you get to mix with the, the great and the good and uh, <laughs> you go to the kind of painting parties where people carry around towers of ferrero rocher and they really spoil oh, you and things like rushes in the bowl yeah yeah <laughs> like oh god i got rich gray again uh, yeah speak imposter syndrome again yeah when i'm at these things yeah who are your biggest influences then that are about at the moment are the people that either that you sort of get to like follow on social media or people that you do actually mix with because of the, the sort of painting circles that you move in that you're like bloody hell um, um so influences for me um actually a, a are more the artists as opposed to the miniature artists so if, when it comes to my hobby um what influences my decisions on a lot of things is the artwork and uh, adrian smith would be my number one um mm-hmm. inspiration and influence I, I just love everything he does i love yeah but it is a huge influence um carl kapinski as well you mentioned earlier this is is, is right up there um and and john blanche i think a lot of people are like that but but less so like for me it's adrian smith was sort of number one so that that would be my my influence um and also as a guy called roman lapat uh, oh, yes. met, uh runs the blog massive voodoo yeah um, and i just 
yeah Jared. like i obviously i like his painting but i've i really admire how he goes about and conducts himself with, with regards to talking about it and teaching and yeah. all of that you know I, I i would love to to have a a private sort of um tuition weekend at some point oh, yeah, over I there that. i just uh so yeah i think he he's an influence and an inspiration but probably more an influence in that sense yeah. um you know i, I i've i've read articles of his and thought that's a fantastic way of explaining that you know i will make sure i use that when i talk about it next and credit you know him where where you know if, if it's relevant to what to what i'm saying um when it comes to actually specific painters that are sort of influencing me um no i have a i have a very i i probably i enjoy the process a lot more than the final result for, for most things it's probably true in life i like the journey side of things as opposed to destination um and that means that often i'm looking at different styles quite regularly um you know if i if i had to you know pin, pin me down what am i going to do yeah military modeling is probably what i like but it, that's that's not quite true i actually enjoy using brighter paint schemes but painted in a military modeling style way yeah, yeah sort of start developing your own thing um so for me the biggest sort of influences and inspirations for me when it comes to hobby painting is is army painters it's it's people that have managed to get a whole army done like i don't get me wrong i look at a golden demon winning model and i can think that's really cool can break it down objectively all the rest of it but it, it will be nothing compared to the the emotional response i will have to seeing a big cool army and it doesn't have to be painted brilliantly you just you know when someone cares about an army and you can 100 yeah. percent tell regardless of ability um so i love it when i go to events and i get to see you know the the um, armies on parade section of the day and stuff that's yeah. that's the bit i i look forward to the most and those are the ones that i'll go home and think about oh my next project oh i love what he'd done with this oh, oh that's interesting that army didn't actually look that um stand out on the table you know that paint scheme as cool as it is under my painting lamp on one marine actually on the board it didn't look particularly yeah. cool you know that's interesting so maybe i need to think about different scheme a different project you know that's that's where i'm getting my influences from yeah i think the, the beauty pageant side of it's probably my favorite bit as well or as, or as i like to call it the oh pete reese has won again part of the weekend <laughs> um i'm sure he won't mind me oh saying. that was there was there was a feeling in there somewhere I could, uh... <laughs> purely to purely to wind him up <laughs> heresy's heresy's very on edge here uh so last question then so this is what if you've got any preconception pet peeves so for example one thing that really gets me going is this this kind of i'd call it not a community myth but it's, it's something that, that you see mentioned quite a lot like that tamia paints will kill will instantly kill you and any th living organism within five mile radius if you don't use them while wearing some kind of military grade decontamination suit like they're alcohol based so they niff a bit but i've never seen a wine taster drop dead so i don't you know wear a respirator even if you're airbrushing water-based paints obviously but um there seems to be a real reticence and pushback that i see from people coming into the military modeling style of painting against some of the should we say older products that are used yeah um like i watched your your little videos and there was one about there was one of your little brush basics ones i think where you tell people to just buy tamia black 
it's the best black you can buy <laughs> buy xf1 flat black it's brilliant and that yeah. just made me so happy i was just like oh finally somebody saying just use this because it's really good but you're right with the respirator thing it's it, although your sisadel paints are non-toxic that still doesn't mean you want to be breathing them in um so if you're airbrushing just wear a respirator and if you're wearing a good quality respirator don't worry about using tamias because if yeah. if your respirator is not protecting you against tamias it's not protecting you against your sisadel ones that you're spraying and neither of those you want in your lungs so oh. yeah this is and it's yeah i do get some of the feeling with that because you're like hang on i'm just painting toy 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 soldiers here why or why do i want to take any risks i think i completely agree but get a respirator crank a window you'll be fine and get up every 10 minutes and drink water you know those are the other side of the health things that we never discuss yeah. when it comes to painting right <laughs> but yeah. no i can, you know, I can airbrush in a room you know, <laughs> i've got an outbuilding that i can airbrush in so that the smell in the house isn't an issue but i made the mistake of airbrushing eight dreadnoughts i think it was in one mm. session with cellulose based alclads was that your thingy the ancients yes years ago yeah i'm so glad you did that you're the only i think you're still the only person i've ever seen that's that's done a full entirely stallard's full i still need to send him a bill um i hate that list i did that That was the one the one game that i won that weekend was against you wasn't it chris because you were were nice and didn't do your your preferred tactic of deep strike never never happening again no no um but yeah I, I think i spent about four hours um like shutting my workshop and i used the alclad primer there was like three of the metallics then there was the clear coats over the top and like i sort of like got into my own world me, me little lad and the missus were out so i was like not worried about time or anything and i was just spinning them around for one of the like work in progress things i was going to put on instagram and i was like spinning them around and then i moved and my hand stopped but they didn't stop spinning round, and I was like, "Oh, okay." New filters in the respirator needed. I'm going outside for a bit because I was off yeah. my face. And to be fair, like Alclad does is, is a step further than Tamiya. Um, that's you know, it's it's not uh, not. I'm not the biggest fan. Um, I, but I love the finish, but I, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 yeah. They, they will kill you. Yeah. It's also worth saying that uh, that since the whole military modelling style of painting has existed there are so many more products on the market now that are water-based acrylics that yeah. look great and airbrush great and, and airbrushing is one of the the biggest reasons that it's improved things um the uh, mig ammo by mig their airbrush range is fantastic and that is all uh, water-based acrylics so you don't you just use your normal thinner with them they go through the airbrush really really well um so you know if if tammy is if you're still determined not to use them there are workarounds yeah. except for tamia flat white which has no equal so no like if you yeah. want to paint white over black use tamia flat white because that will flat white. there's nothing it's literally the best paint ever. <laughs> black it's flat Gun, gun to my head i'm taking tamia flat white i'm taking scale 75 decayed metal and i'm taking vallejo model color black that's 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 yeah. what i'm that's mine i'm that's there's my flag in there there's an moment. island dropper bottle there's an island dropper bottles there's a there's a, se- there's a second show we can do there <laughs> some, some description um well i think that's that's as to the end of the questions is there anything else that you would like to add plug 
berate, rant about? Um, Do you want to I get more of a lather on your soapbox? We plugged anything really. I mean, thanks for letting me chat for so long about it. It's, it was really enjoyable. I think it was. I, I hope people found that interesting. Um, you know, I don't think it's something I've heard discussed certainly on a podcast elsewhere. So I think that's really good fun. Um, you've already heard about our Patreon, our YouTube, our classes, Kickstarters, all sorts of things like that. If you are interested, check out the website probably or any one of the social medias it's cult of paint it's it's and if you want to reach out just do because it's me who'll be answering so if you've got questions like let me know it's, it's just me and andy and he never answers emails so you know so if you if you want if you uh if you want to get in touch please please do um and yeah i just it was it was yeah very very enjoyable i like that it's been been good to get those thoughts out of my head well hopefully when we're all when we're all vaccinated up i will uh do my best to uh turn up on one of your courses oh, we can't yeah. wait to get teaching again cannot wait <laughs> it's, it's you know in spite of all this other stuff we're doing it's great don't get me wrong but do, I really do you enjoy teaching it. more than you enjoy painting um as when i think about what i do for a living i consider myself teaching yeah um i don't consider a paint for a living kind of sure thing. yeah um so yeah i guess there's another politician here. <laughs> <laughs> no that makes that makes sense yeah, yeah no. i don't you, know if it might be worth it michael if it maybe some feelers about using the scout hook for potentially a like a cult of paint brush skills yeah, course or something that doesn't need the um <laughs> yeah. you know, something that doesn't need the airbrushes because they probably wouldn't like 20 people airbrushing in there but we're prepared don't worry i've got industrial rolls of various types of saran wrap and paper <laughs> and sorry <laughs> it's fine crank a window hold your breath <laughs> those those are the times when i really do appreciate respirators when i'm teaching and i don't wear one and i'm just sure. sort of walking around the room while everyone's like 10 people are airbrushing i'm like i'm gonna just step outside for five minutes. slowly <laughs> slowly getting very very drunk off aer- aerosolized thinners yeah. <laughs> I remember a mate of mine once worked out that um, tamiathin is, is more expensive per milliliter than 12-year-old Glenfiddich. Nice. Which, which, which he was I'd quite depressed rather about. Have, I'd rather have the Glenfiddich. Quite, quite depressed about it. He was like, I might just start painting everything brown and thin everything with Glenfiddich. And then it, it that does mean, though, in, a, in a pinch, you can just use some cheap vodka or cheap gin if you run out of your X-20A thinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I'm, neither, I'm neither condoning that nor whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> to be fair, yeah. if, I, if, I, if I did that with, with cheap gin, the missus might let me airbrush in the house because she wouldn't well, mind the smell. My concern is that you've done that in, in the past. That's the thing that uh, <laughs> <laughs> comes back. Hey, look, testing must have been done. <laughs> look, when there's a deadline and you've got to get something done, sure. yeah. <laughs> you're out of X28 thinner. Re- reach for the drinks cabinet. Yeah, let, let, let's face it it could have been worse it could have been on about mainlining the thinner itself rather yeah, well, than replacing it with something else <laughs> yeah, yeah that's true that is very true well i think that i think we can probably wrap that so many thanks for uh, joining us henry we'll put links to everything in the notes um this will be going up sometime christmas time so it's not going to be going up for a couple of weeks from now when we're recording but um i'll let you know when it goes live and uh Let's hope that uh, we and everybody else who wants to will get to see you in person in 2021. That'd be lovely. Thanks. Thanks very much for having me on, bud. And as I say, I look, look forward to getting out in the heresy community again soon and getting some paint on some tanks. Fantastic. Thank you very much. 
Emperor put on his Christmas pudding? Adeptus Custodes.